Health by Heather Hirsch, a podcast dedicated to uncovering many of the women's health issues many of us are wondering about, but few of us are talking about. My mission is to expose the current gaps in knowledge and care on all things women's health. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. I can't believe we've made it here, but this is episode 50. Episode 50. It has been so exciting to watch this podcast grow and to watch the downloads grow and to see so many people interact and get really a great aid and education and assistance from this podcast. I literally live for this kind of thing. Today in episode 50, I wanted to talk about a topic that always gets a ton of attention, and that is vitamins and supplements. And particularly, we'll be focusing on those vitamins and supplements that seem to be helpful in perimenopause and menopause. Now, certainly this can apply outside of perimenopause and menopause, but these are going to be Dr. Hirsch's favorite list of vitamins and supplements. Now, this list is not exhaustive, and there are certainly other ones that people will comment on that they say they use, and I love that. Please comment and let me know what it is that you use and why it's been helpful to you. When we talk about vitamins and supplements, I do want you to know that I think anything taken to the extreme is a little dangerous. So I think vitamins and supplements are a great addition, but I also worry a little bit when I see some of my patients spending hundreds of dollars a month, which equates to hundreds of thousands of dollars a year on vitamins and supplements that may not be necessary. Because remember, in your daily intake of food, if you eat a good diet, you're going to get inevitably a lot of vitamins and supplements from your food. And honestly, I actually do think it's the best way to take them, but certainly sometimes you just kind of have to get into a supplement to make sure that you know that you're getting it. And you can also drive yourself really wacky if you're, you know, Googling every type of food out there and every type of vitamin supplement where you can find it. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. So I hope you guys join me on this journey. It's going to be really fun. Let's get right into it. All right, again, I always notice that this topic gets a ton of interest. And if you didn't already know, I have a YouTube channel, Health by Heather Hirsch, and this is one of my most watched videos. And so that's how I know it is a topic near and dear to women's hearts. Now remember, this is not exhaustive, and I'm really interested to know what you take. And again, there's lots of also what we could consider herbals or over-the-counters or um, spices that also can be particularly helpful, but I'm kind of focusing on on vitamins and supplements. So starting with my very favorite supplement is vitamin D. Vitamin D is so important and is actually a prosterol hormone. And we just kind of call it vitamin because we do, but it has numerous effects on multiple target tissues all throughout our body. There is lots of studies demonstrating that vitamin D is really good for our mood. Now, again, who couldn't use a mood booster, right? So certainly having a good level of vitamin D can be really helpful. And more than that, there is some research showing that women are very sensitive to their vitamin D levels. Now, when you get your level checked, say your doctor checks it, we consider it to be really low if it's under 20, and we consider normal to be between a 20 and 30. Me, personally, I like to see my patient's levels at least 30 or higher. But some women, again, are particularly sensitive to vitamin D, and it might be a level of 37 or 42, and that's where they feel really good. There's also, again, 
evidence to show that maybe we're overdoing the vitamin D and actually we really don't need those high levels. And that certainly could be true. But the counter argument to this counter argument is that, you know, nothing particularly worrisome or, or, or dangerous happens at a level of vitamin D in the 40s or 50s. I think the highest level I've really personally ever seen is somewhere in the high 60s. And certainly nothing was wrong with my patient. I've actually, as a resident, never admitted anyone for elevated vitamin D. You know, it might just mean that you don't need so much or you can reduce the dose that you're taking at night. But certainly vitamin D is really good for mood and women do tend to be sensitive to their specific levels. Of course, you've probably heard that vitamin D is also really good for your bone health, as is calcium, and we're going to get calcium at the end of the list here, but vitamin D and calcium are the building blocks for bones. And Dr. Christy Tuff, who did a podcast with me several episodes ago on osteoporosis, made this great metaphor that I have since adopted, that if you think about bones that, like it's a house, like we're building a house, the calcium and the vitamin D are sort of like the the lumber and the wood and the materials, the raw materials needed to put those, that house together. And essentially the same thing can be applied to your bones. Calcium and vitamin D are so good for making sure you have a foundation for strong bone health. But certainly listen to that podcast if you want more information on osteopenia, the precursor to osteoporosis or osteoporosis for why medications are indicated and why calcium and vitamin D are not enough if you've already lost enough of your bone mass. Back to vitamin D, there's also really good data that it might reduce certain kinds of cancers and prevent chronic diseases. Now, again, lots of research is being done on vitamin D, and it gets kind of controversial if you're really geeky and you really want to read a lot of scientific evidence about vitamin D. But again, I really don't see any harm in coming from vitamin D, so it is definitely my top supplement. A lot of patients notice improvement in energy and mood, less fatigue, and just overall feel better when they get good levels of vitamin D. Now, I said diet is the best, but we really can't get enough vitamin D from foods. Even if you're eating fortified foods, you really need to eat like an Alaskan and eat cod and and, and salmon and fish and all those types of oily foods all the time to get enough vitamin D. So, you know, you also can get it from sunlight, certainly. But if you're wearing sunscreen, then you may be, you know, reducing your absorption of vitamin D. So I really do recommend this in a supplement. A lot of people ask me, what is my favorite type of supplement? You know, really, I personally get whatever is on sale at the grocery store or Whole Foods or, you know, wherever I happen to be shopping. I think my latest one's from Trader Joe's. So really any type of vitamin D over the counter works. And I really recommend 1,000 to 2,000 units of vitamin D in the summertime. I even go up to 5,000 in the wintertime, but surely 1,000 to 2,000 units a night is really going to be helpful. Now, if your doctor has ever checked your vitamin D and it is really in that dangerously low zone, like under 20, then I prescribe prescription strength of vitamin D, which is 50,000 units to be taken once a week. And that really can help boost those levels because vitamin D is just like putting gas in your car. So when you gas your car up and then you drive all around town, eventually it kind of lowers. And the same thing happens with vitamin D. So if you boost those levels, but then you don't continue to replete those, it can kind of go back down again. So if you ever have to take one of those prescription strengths of vitamin D, then after those 12 weeks of that once a week, really high dose, then you want to go to the 1,000 or 2,000 units every single night. Now, I always put this by my toothbrush and I take it at bed and this works for me perfectly. Perfectly. 
And this transitions into my second favorite vitamin and supplement, which is magnesium, either magnesium oxide or magnesium citrate or however you get your magnesium. But magnesium is another one of my favorite vitamins and supplements. I have to say this is such a popular option for my patients, especially in midlife and in menopause, because magnesium is something we just tend to be a little bit lower in and it has really important effects most notably on slow transit constipation, which if you have that, or if you just are constipated ever, you know how much of a pain it is, and it can really affect your day. So I really, really highly recommend magnesium at bedtime. It causes gentle relief of constipation, so it's nothing stimulating, it's not a laxative. And I recommend 250 milligrams all the way up to 500 milligrams. If you find that 500 milligrams causes diarrhea, well, you fixed the problem, but you fixed it too well. So then you want to go back down to that 250 milligrams. Now, magnesium has other benefits besides for just helping with slow transit constipation. And it can also help in causing a little bit of relaxation and maybe even induce a little bit of sleepiness at bedtime. And so that's why it's really great to take at bedtime. It can also sometimes help with migraine prevention and restless leg syndrome. And this is a really good supplement to add before going to a prescription medication because certainly sometimes this can make a huge difference. Now, for all my migrainers out there who've heard heard me say the word migraine, another really good vitamin to take in conjunction with that magnesium is riboflavin, 50 milligrams, and that's B2. And both magnesium and riboflavin kind of help to calm the brain, essentially, kind of just literally ease the brain, and and that can help in reducing um, uh, frequency or severity of migraines in some women, and not all. Certainly, if you have a severe uh, migraine sufferer, you certainly might be on prescription medications, but certainly these are great places to start, and you can get these over-the-counter, and I really do recommend trying them because overall, they're really quite safe. Now, going back a point or two, I did mention a little bit of uh, something called insomnia when I mentioned that magnesium can help with relaxation and helping women to fall asleep. So certainly sleeping disorders, disrupted sleep patterns, and trouble falling asleep is something that can really start any time, but typically tends to start in that perimenopause or that midlife phase. And, you know, I always say, and I say this multiple times a day, but midlife for women is one of the most stressful times in a woman's life. And perimenopause up to menopause is when we are really sandwiched between taking care of young children, if we have children, and taking care of parents and elderly, or we're taking care of our homes, we're taking care of our partners, we're taking care of our pets, we're climbing our way to the peak of our careers. And so lots of events can cause stress and anxiety in perimenopause you throw in the fluctuating hormone levels and it's, you know, just can be really difficult. And my last uh, podcast episode was on how to thrive in perimenopause. So you can take a listen to that too. But let's go back a minute to sleepiness. So certainly if we're talking about vitamins or supplements and over-the-counter options, melatonin can be really, really helpful. In fact, I couldn't live if I didn't give my daughter melatonin because she takes a pediatric dose. She just sort of needs it to reset her clock and to make her feel a little sleepy. So I recommend melatonin actually one or two hours before bedtime because it kind of creeps in a little bit slower, magnesium a little bit faster. And so you certainly can take magnesium and melatonin together. 
And if you get some relief from melatonin, that is absolutely fantastic. If it helps you fall asleep, that's a really nice supplement to add to your regimen. You might also notice there are some soothing things like herbal teas. And while I kind of am focusing on vitamins and supplements, you'll notice there's typically sometimes either some magnesium in those. And again, those are really reinforcing that they can really help us just naturally feel kind of sleepy and drift off to sleep. All right, next I'm going to talk about some of my favorite B vitamins. Now, I already mentioned riboflavin, which is B2, which is really good for women who suffer with headaches or migraines. I now want to talk about B6. B6 is um, a great supplement to take for a gentle relief of uh, bloating or just sort of what we call fluid retention. It's something a lot of women tend to notice at midlife and can be really, really bothersome. Of course, there are other things that you certainly might want to make sure you're doing, reducing your salt intake, drinking plenty of water, and exercising. All of those things are really great for reducing bloating and fluid retention. But another little trick of mine is B6, which is paradoxine. You can take this as 50 milligrams up to three times a day. That's a little clunky and cumbersome to take a a vitamin three times a day. But certainly if you can even get one dose in or your nightly dose in, that can really help relieve some of that um, bloating. It can also help with mood. Um, So B6 has some really great benefits. In the B family is B12. And B12 is really great for energy. And, you know, in fact, actually, that's what's in those energy, five hour energy drinks. I've personally never had one. I think I have like a fear of taking them, but I have seen my husband gulp one down, almost had a panic attack just watching him do it. But what's really in those is just whopping amounts of B12. And, you know, you're probably just going to pee out the excess. Your kidneys are going to filter what you actually need and get rid of what you don't. So those are probably a little bit unnecessary and a big amount placebo effect, but certainly it still kind of correlates with the idea that an uh, a B complex or B12 is really great sometimes for adding a little bit of energy. And especially if you've talked to your doctor and you've ruled out anything else like hypothyroidism, if you've ruled out low estrogen and symptomatic perimenopause, if you've ruled out, you know, a chronic fatigue, a fibromyalgia, so many other things certainly it could be. But again, the nice thing about vitamins and supplements is you are certainly okay to try many of these things over the counter in safe doses and see if there is some improvement. So a B complex or a B12 is really going to be great for your energy. If you ever wanted to learn a little fun fact about me, occasionally on the show, I talk about my grandfather, who is a OBGYN. He had retired by the time I was born, and I played in his uh, basement. And his basement, my, my mom actually wanted me to make sure I specifically said that was not his clinical area. Right? He had his own office. In his basement was his home office, and I would often play down there. And he lived to be... I nearly 100, I think a few years shy of 100. And I believe one time I asked him what the secret to his longevity was. And he told me it was this all B vitamin complex. So there you have it. Moving on to a topic near and dear to most of my listeners' hearts is 
vain things like our hair and our skin and our nails. And you know what? That's not vain. It's actually really important. You know, it really and truly, it, it comprises a lot of our self-esteem. It comprises our uh, motivation. It comprises uh, really how we feel and our outlook to the world. So really never feel vain if you're worrying about your hair, your skin, or your nails. And actually, I'm pretty sure on my YouTube channel, one of my other really high-ranking videos is all about hair loss and perimenopause. So you can always check those out. Again, that's Women's Health by Heather Hirsch on YouTube. Um, but anyways, let's get into what vitamins and supplements are really good for hair, skin, and nails. You might already know these, but certainly biotin is really good. So biotin is something you can get over the counter and other things that you may want to check or consider adding to your supplement regimen, especially if hair, skin, and nails is a bothersome to you. You're losing hair, you're shedding hair, your nails are brittle and dry. You might also want to check or add zinc and iron. Those can sometimes be low and can be a causative reason why you're having them and not just purely stress or hormones or the other millions of things that are happening to women in midlife. And sometimes if you look at some of the like um, hair gummy vitamins that they sell on Amazon and you're really looking at what's in them, a lot of times you'll see zinc, iron, and biotin. And, you know, I usually start at 10 milligrams once a day, and you can see if simply by adding those, it does help. Now, while we're on the topic of hair, skin, and nails, I know I said I was going to stick to vitamins and supplements, but another thing that's over the counter that you can try for hair is Rogaine Foam for Women. Now, you do really need to stick with this for a good six months, and actually, I would really say the same thing extends to the addition of the biotin and the supplements, and that's really because hair, skin, and nails, they grow very slowly, and so it takes a long time to see some of the supplemental changes in your hair, skin, and nails. So really be patient and give it some time. So certainly you can try biotin, zinc, iron, and you can also try Rogaine Foam for women. Another good supplement to consider is iron, particularly if you are suffering from irregular bleeding and or heavy bleeding or long durations of bleeding. You certainly can lose a lot of your hemoglobin, which is your iron. It can make you be anemic, which can cause you to feel a lot of vague symptoms such as fatigue, such as uh, heart palpitations, um, not feeling well, feeling ill, being more susceptible to illnesses. Um, lots of things can happen when we have low iron. So some women do like to supplement with iron. Now, iron, on the other hand, can be constipating, so certainly you might want to watch how you do. Sometimes I have my patients actually add magnesium, make sure they're taking both their magnesium with an iron supplement, um, or I just make sure my patients are drinking plenty of fluids, taking in some fiber in their diet, and getting good exercise that will certainly help combat any constipation from the iron, but certainly it can be constipating, so just something to think about when you're considering adding that iron. Now let's go back and talk about calcium. As I did promise you that we were going to talk about it, and certainly it plays an important role in building strong bones. And again, I love the metaphor and the idea of vitamin D and calcium being the building blocks for strong bones. And so, you know, that's really their main role here. And if you need more assistance, then we should consider medications. But this podcast is dedicated to vitamins and supplements. 
Calcium, is, you want to aim for 1,200 milligrams, and actually, it is best if it can come from your diet. Now, someone taught me a quick way to remember this. The vitamin D and calcium thing is a thousand of both. And that's kind of just a nice average and an easy way to remember. You know, I need a thousand of vitamin D, a thousand of calcium. Again, if you want to be really, you know, pinpoint exactly what you need is a vitamin D one to 2,000 units a day up to 5,000 and calcium is 1,200 milligrams. But certainly you can see how a thousand of both just rolls off the tongue a lot easier. The reason that we do recommend getting calcium in your diet is because of some concern that too much um, excess uh, supplemental calcium might cause calcification in our arteries. And certainly we don't want that. Now, there's still a lot of ongoing research on this topic. The reason is that our kidneys, they serve as sort of the filter for getting rid of the excess things that we don't need and keeping us uh, nice and healthy. And the kidneys seem to recognize and better filter calcium from food than from supplements. And so certainly, again, the story is still unfolding, but we really do strongly recommend getting calcium from your diet if possible. Now, we all know where calcium comes the most from, of course, dairy, so cheeses and milk and ice cream and all those good kind of dairy things. Certainly, a lot of my patients, though, have removed dairy from their diet. They find it to be noxious and they find it to cause inflammation. And so if you don't eat dairy, well, what does that mean? Well, there's still actually plenty of places to get calcium in your food. So almond milk or coconut milk, certainly if you make smoothies with those, if you eat cereal with those, um, that can really be a great source of calcium. Broccoli has some calcium. It's in other things besides for just dairy. And actually, you can Google calcium calculator. And when you go and Google calcium calculator, you know, lots of websites will just kind of have you plug in a typical diet and will help you know about how much calcium you're getting in a diet. And then we recommend supplementing on top of that only what you need. Now, this sounds kind of complicated, but actually what it really typically amounts to for a majority of my patients who do not eat any dairy is they find they do get some calcium and they supplement with one Tums a day. Yes, Tums. Tums is essentially calcium. And so if you take one Tums a day, that's just, uh, I think, 400 or 500 milligrams of calcium and you're getting the other half from your dietary sources and bam, there you go. So that's what we recommend on the story about calcium. And I kind of put vitamin D and calcium on polar episodes, polar sides of this talk because I really do think that what I see is that women spend a lot of money on calcium supplements and don't take any vitamin D. When really, I kind of want to encourage you to flip-flop that idea and get your vitamin D in your supplements and try and get calcium as much as you can from food, okay? Calcium also can sometimes be a little bit constipating, so you certainly also don't need to overdo it on the calcium intake. Now, I said I wasn't going to talk too much about spices, but certainly I do know a lot of people message me and ask me about things like turmeric um, and cinnamon. And actually, a lot of the spices I do think are probably quite helpful. A lot of my integrative medicine colleagues are really good at this, and I would say it's just not my strong suit, but certainly I don't think those things are harmful, especially if they're not... um, 
overdone or they're not taken to the extreme and especially if you can cook with them. I know there are ways you can get cinnamon or turmeric, um, garlic, uh, cumin in capsules, but honestly, I think the same kind of rule applies with the calcium. Not that I think they're dangerous. I just think that if you can cook with it, your body can recognize it better. So certainly it's not my strong suit, but I welcome your feedback on what other kind of spices you like to include for health. Lastly, I do talk about omega-3s and fish oils, and those are really good for us. Uh, You can get these in certain types of foods, and that's kind of been my overarching theme. Um, You can get omega-3s in your eggs. You can get them in some of your oils. You can get um, fish oil by eating fish. And so it can, you know, in a way reduce your um, vitamin burden or your supplement burden, and you can really experiment with different foods take pleasure in the different kinds of foods that you're eating. Um, If that's not a possibility, certainly you can take them in supplements. But again, I think there is some research ongoing just on how helpful um, fish oil is and vitamin D is. Actually, with really any of these vitamins and supplements, you can read pros and cons on really all of them. And I I started with vitamin D and talked about how there's a little bit of controversy. And the same can be applied to actually the majority of the vitamins and supplements we and I have just discussed in this episode. So, you know, overarchingly, you want to do what fits for you, what seems to be the best targeted therapy for you. I certainly wouldn't recommend going out and getting every one of these supplements, but really, you know, think about what might be the best for you. If you suffer from migraines, perhaps it's the magnesium and the riboflavin. If you suffer from constipation, perhaps it's magnesium and making sure you're not overdoing uh, supplemental calcium or iron. If it tears skin and nails, it's going to be the zinc and the biotin and the iron. And certainly, I really do love the vitamin D. I think everyone should be taking vitamin D. But if you're thinking about bone health, it's vitamin D and calcium. And so mix and match what is going to work the best for you. I also certainly don't want you to be spending so much of your uh, funds on a slew of vitamins and supplements. Um, But, you know, to each their own. As long as everything that you are doing is safe and your doctor knows what you're doing, I I think that's going to be fine. Now, if there's a supplement or there's a vitamin or there's something that you just love that I did not mention, let me know because I certainly get a lot of comments on these types of episodes and I think it is really fun to see. And also, I learn a lot from you. I don't live in a bubble and I love to learn um, from people's opinions and from people's comments, um, from colleagues and from lay people. So let me know what you guys think. Episode 50. This is so cool. I really want to take the time to really thank you guys as listeners. I really want to thank you for sending my podcast to a friend or for sending it off to your patients. I really love empowering women, particularly at midlife and menopause, where I know there is the most sparse information, awareness, advocacy, and education. And so I'm really excited to be a part of a growing voice of so many of you out there who are really advocating for women in this space. I want you to, rem- I want to remind you, you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Heather Hersham D or at 
Instagram. I'm at hormonehealth.doc. And of course, my YouTube channel is Health by Heather Hirsch. You can also go there and check out my uh, course, Complete Guide to Menopause, um, which is linked to several places as well as my website, heatherhirschmd.com. I just, from the bottom of my heart, thank you guys for supporting me and cheering me on and getting me to episode 50. I'll see you guys next week. Bye.